0: Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Rev. Dan Beckett.
1: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Rev. Dan Beckett here with co-host Rev. Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey.
2: We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform.
1: And today, before we begin, we want to give a shout out to John P. John emailed us some words of wisdom. He shared his experience, strength, and hope. And I want to share that with you. The message was subject gratitude. John wrote, I start my gratitude journal with God, AA, sober way of life. Without those three, There is no gratitude with them, with them. The rest is gravy. So thank you, John P., for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And we welcome uh, your email. Anybody listening wants to share something that has been helpful to you, we would love to hear it. Our episode today is titled, Trusting God. Many of us in addiction recovery can affirm that we never let go of anything that didn't have claw marks on it even when we were, in essence, clinging to a sinking ship. But we eventually find that when we become willing to try a new way, our lives begin to change. When we can truly let go and allow a higher power to provide guidance and direction, our lives begin to become amazing. Today, we want to share our experience, strength and hope, on learning how to let go, trust a higher power, and build a wonderful new life.
2: What a great topic. I, I love that thing about, you know, you you know, I've let go of something because it's all like torn up and shredded to bits, right? Like something my cat got a hold of.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. And, and, and the clinging to a sinking ship. I mean, God knows I did that many times. Um, and it's amazing how It's so, change can be so uncomfortable for us. I know it can be for me that I would rather cling to the devil I know rather than risk, you know, what might be out there that I don't know, that's unknown. It's just so, can be so uncomfortable. Um, But I, this did change and has changed a lot for me over my sobriety journey because before, If I wanted to let go of something, I I had nothing to let go into. I was letting go and ending up all alone in my letting go, right? Once I had um, a higher power on board and had begun to forge a strong working relationship, and it really is a working relationship, you know, with my higher power, um, then letting go began to become a little bit more easy because when I let go, I wasn't just letting go into the abyss. I was letting go into the arms of spirit. There was there was something to catch me there. And I knew that by letting go, I was giving up my own limited human, you know, very limited scope of, um, of vision and understanding. I was letting go of that into my higher self, my, my divine self, my, um, into the plan that my higher power had. And by plan, I mean the higher power always wants our highest good. And so it's letting go of my ego-based plan into that which is always for my highest good. So that began to get a little bit easier when I had a higher power on board. Did you have that same experience?
1: Absolutely, I did. And I'm thinking about my own kind of sinking ship experience, clinging to a sinking ship. That's a really good phrase. or What I mean is it describes my experience pretty darn well. Uh, Because, you know, while I was clinging to a sinking ship, so before I got sober, I felt like many of us, like I had to take care of everything myself. I I could not depend on anyone and did not want to depend on anyone I didn't want to share what was going on with me inside I actually had very poor skills for doing so because at an early age I decided it was not a good idea and so I didn't do it so I didn't practice it so I was not you know didn't really even have the tools you know I thought I was in control of my life and it looked like I was but all the internal gaps, if you will, were bridged for me with alcohol. It's like I could, everything, anything could be okay as long as I could, you know, have some drinks that evening.
2: Right. And as yeah. we
1: say, it works until it doesn't. And it yeah. worked really well for a long time. And then it worked kind of okay for a while, but I didn't really notice. And then it got worse and worse. Yeah. And kind of the, what I might call the, pain and confusion that i experienced were very was very subtle to me for many years such that i didn't even really notice it but it got real loud at the end when it Mm -hmm. just kind of you know like a volcano brewing over decades all of a sudden erupted and that was the thankfully the end of my drinking career when that happened but yeah clinging to a sinking ship what do we say I do the same thing with cookies. If one's good, two's better, right? That's kind of like the drunks mantra or the addicts.
2: Why do mantra. we want more? Because there is more, <laughs> right? <laughs> I heard find somebody something say that.
1: that works. It'd work even better <laughs> if I did more of it. You know, that makes perfect sense to an to an active alcoholic or addict. It made perfect sense to me
2: still makes sense to me. I mean, I, I can kind of still be that way. You know, I think it's an orientation. It's a, it's an addictive mindset. Like I can, I can think, well, if one cup of coffee is good, then two is, is even better.
1: Twice is good.
2: Yeah. And it's the same thing (laughs) as it was with alcohol, you know, and you have that first drink and you're feeling pretty good, but you can't just leave it there. You got to have more and once you start having more then you don't have that feeling that initial just feeling good feeling anymore then it starts to become something else it's the same thing for me with coffee like one cup of coffee i'm awake i'm feeling good but i can't leave it there no no i gotta have another one until i'm jittery and it upsets my stomach and everything else and i don't know i think it's just it's it's just a thing that many of
1: us have I know I have oh yeah I was a joke in our household because you know Heather and I both have a similar thing not exactly the same but I tell her you know how do I know when it's time for me to stop eating M&Ms because I'm starting to feel sick
2: or when they're gone they're literally gone I'm
1: way over the line by then
2: (laughs) I know right
1: but still I I I mentioned the the uh, unholy trinity of alcohol tobacco and Oreos and I'm still working on the (laughs) oreo family things, having let go of the other two I know, and that's okay same, and that's okay
2: it was the same thing with cigarettes if one cigarette is good then a whole pack is even better yeah so anyway we're, we're grateful that that has um lessened somewhat
1: so i have a question for you let's okay. discuss perhaps what is letting go and letting god mean to you i've heard that a um, zillion times i'm, well, I'm curious share one. with us Yeah, yeah, ask me the easy
2: questions don't you (laughs) (laughs) okay so this is complicated because um this is where unity unity's teachings come in and things get a little more um they get a little more complicated so so like the surface popular notion of letting go and letting god might mean well i don't have to do anything because god's going to take care of it right And you hear a lot of that in 12 step rooms. That's sort of like an initial sort of immature understanding of it. Don't you think like I, I just, I just turn it over and then boom, God fixes it all. You know, I think
1: it's a great beginning.
2: It's a beginning. Absolutely. It's a beginning. Yes. And um, you know, when you are getting clean and sober or whatever it is that you're coming off of, you need that, you know, you're not capable of doing much more at that point. So um, it is, I like how you said that that's a place to begin Um, over time. We start to realize that God isn't this magic, you know, little elf that just fixes all our problems, but aligning ourselves with God, aligning ourselves with, as we would say in unity, divine mind or source or whatever That can be the beginning of solving our problems. So it's a sort of leveling up. Like I'm letting go of my human ego-based attachment to what I think is the answer. And I'm opening myself up to something higher and better that's beyond my human scope. Because let's face it, we're humans. We're down here on the ground. We only see sort of what's at our level. But when we level up, meaning moving up into our spiritual selves, our higher selves, uh, aligning with divine mind aligning with the higher power. Then we're beginning to get, I'm making gestures here as if you can see me. Um, (laughs) It's just so used to speaking from the pulpit. Um, Then I'm beginning to get a bigger scope of vision. I can see more things and my decisions can become wiser and better. So it's not that God just comes in and fixes our problems. It's that we're leveling up to a higher, more spiritual vision at which problems are solvable in a much better way. I don't know. Does that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot it's, more to it, but it's a step. For me, it's a stepwise process, right? Be, you know, where I began with it was the good and right place to begin. But the, the longer I stuck with it, just like recovery in general or step work or whatever it may be. Uh, it it morphed and grew and changed and got better and better. For me, it began this this you know what is letting go and letting God mean? I didn't even know, but it began with a willingness to see things differently. Now I didn't say it began with me seeing things differently, right? It began with me becoming willing to see things differently, right? Which is you know a totally different thing. So, and also at the same time, kind of a willingness to do what we call suit up and show up, right? Whether yeah. I felt like it or not, which is not something I would have done in the past. I mean, if I didn't feel like doing something, I wouldn't do it. But when I got into recovery early, early days, I was, you know, new enough to know and I didn't want to go back to where I was that people were saying things like suit up and show up, go to 90 mm-hmm. meetings in 90 days. And I mm-hmm. did that and it worked. Um, and I also realized you'd mentioned unity principles. That was very central to me as well, mm-hmm. because I had become familiar with unity's way of seeing before I got sober, which I'm grateful for. So it gave me something, some frame of reference to begin with. And the other piece of it for me is that it's based at, or built at least somewhat on my natural curiosity, I'm a curious person. I like to understand what's going on. How's that work? What does that mean? How's that happening? And so when I seeing sober people around me, I was very curious. How did they get from this miserable place that I was beginning uh, to this place that they're saying they've been sober 5, 10, 20, 30 years? I got very curious, like, how does that even work? And so letting go and letting God was sort of a combination of those things, beginning to become willing to see differently, just show up, be curious, Lean into unity, ways of seeing they they were all um, steps along the way. And then just like anything, once you kind of get jump started with this letting go and letting God thing, it will evolve in the right Mm -hmm. and perfect way for each and every one of us over time. And it's still evolving.
0: Absolutely. We always
1: stress that. And I used to think that, you know, the guys that I'd go to Denny's with after the meeting who had 20 and 30 years, that they knew everything. Right. That they were like black belt expert at this and they would just laugh or smile if I said right. anything that that sounded like that. And, and they would, yeah. you know, very lovingly and gently let me know, like when I asked the, the dude with 20 plus years, um, how long do I have to do this one day at a time thing anyway? <laughs> you know, because I'm like one year sober. He smiled and said, I'm still doing it today, every day. Man, that told me everything I needed to know. I'm still grateful to that man.
0: Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, You mentioned at the beginning that, you know, we talk about how it was before and um, that, that you had a real tight grip on life, that you Um, thought that you had to do it all yourself and had to control everything. And I had the same exact thing. So when you're going through life without any kind of spiritual, you know, thrust to your life, without a higher power, without anything like that, you are doing it yourself. You think you're doing it yourself. You feel like you have to do it all yourself. And so I, I really relate to that, having that tight grip on life, you know, that I've got to make the things and it's a very American value, right? You know, you, you pull up your bootstraps and you make it happen. And so, and so this letting go and letting God to me, the other piece to that is that beginning to loosen that grip, that grip that I had on life of thinking that I had to make things happen, that I had to take hold of my life and, and, you know, take control of everything, make everything come out the way I needed it to. So it's that beginning to loosen that up so that you know, I don't do that anymore. Honestly, it felt so good to loosen that up and let go of it that I just went like all the way. I'm just like, you know what? Um, And just, you know, it's not to say that I don't have agency in my own life. Of course I do. And there's lots of things that I, you know, I am a go-getter. I do do certain things, but it's not, it's hard to explain, but it's not coming from the same place if I have to make this happen. Um, So, you and I like to talk a lot about rather than controlling and making things happen, we have both moved much more into a space of allowing things to unfold. Um, love, and love I love that. Yes, it's so big. And it's so, such a more gentle, more wonderful way to live life. So, you know, I might try to let go of something and I might ask the higher power to guide me and to help me to know what is mine to do. And then I just allow. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't force things. I wait and see, I see, you know, what is the next indicated thing? What am I being shown? What am I feeling guided to? What is my intuition telling me? What are the signs around me telling me? What are people saying to me? You know, all these messages that we get from the universe that guide us towards what is our thing to do. You know, and so um, it's not that we don't do anything or we just sit back and wait for the universe to hand us what we want. That's not the way it works. But it's loosening that ego grip that I've got to make it happen myself. And it's it's giving, it's that third step, turning our will over. Just just turning, it doesn't even matter what we're turning it over to. We're just getting rid of it. Just getting rid of that grip on our our own, you know, what do we say? Self-will run riot or whatever. yeah. And beginning to loosen that up and allowing life to be more gentle, to be more unfolding and allowing and opening instead of having to force everything. Because if I'm out there forcing it, I may be going after something that isn't mine to do. I'm just forcing it. But if I sit back and just go, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see what, let me take this step and then let's see. What messages I get back from the universe? Do I get a feeling that I'm going in the right direction? Do I, am I getting affirmations of the step that I have made? Are things falling into place or is everything turning into a big mess? Then I might not be going, if I'm having to like really force something or, you know, I might not be going in the right direction. So let me sit back again and relax and see, okay, what's happening? What is unfolding around me? Um, I don't know if that makes sense to a newcomer, but even if it only makes a little bit of a sense, just know that this is a, a way that you can learn to live your life, that you can learn to live in an open, gentle, allowing life to unfold for your highest good sort of way of living instead of thinking that you have to force and make everything happen according to your own will.
1: Yeah. One thing that helped me a lot that I'm remembering now as you share that, because I had the same experience, is this concept of what's my part in it? Uh-huh. Right, We encounter that in step four, I think, four and five. What's my part in it? So, you know, before that, I mean, like, if somebody was a jerk and somebody asked me, what's your part? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the guy's a jerk. That's the beginning and the end of All everything. Right. What do you mean, what's my part in it? I didn't do anything. Right. I didn't do anything at all. Um, though in that example, I just made up what later I began to see is, well, what my part in it might be. Why do I keep showing up mm-hmm. for this jerk to be a jerk to me?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe
1: that's what I'm doing is I keep coming back thinking it'll be different yeah. somehow or other. Also, I want to share this. I, I think I got this from Carl Jung. It's been years. So I, I don't recall exactly. But the life I want to lead it sounds like this. I love everything I do. And if I don't love it, I don't do it. Hmm. And that scares folks when I say that. Does that
2: go for laundry? How can you
1: do that? You know, you're going to get fired from your job. It's like, you just have to trust me that it will actually work. I mean, don't do anything stupid. Don't march in your boss's office tomorrow and say, screw you, I'm out of here. You know, but if you realize you have a job that's really not for you, that's not fulfilling you, yeah, you can change that and allow it to happen over time. So we can get to where we love everything we do. And if we don't love it, we don't do it. And then what I found is until I was willing to make that insane sounding leap, I was stuck.
2: Yeah,
1: I was stuck thinking, yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I have to do this. I should yes. do this. Also that principle of how, how do we get sober? H-O-W, honest, open-minded and willing has been super helpful to me along the way. So these are some you know, ways that I've applied this let go and let God principle. Other ways that it shows up is take responsibility for my part in something. And if I'm not sure what it is, fine. Let me just sit with it. Maybe it'll come up in prayer or maybe I'll ask someone and they'll have some insight to share with me or whatever it might be.
2: Can I just say something else about that? Um, So you said, if you don't love it, if I don't love it, I don't do it. So sometimes there are things that, you know, we feel like we have to do, or we at least have to continue doing them for a certain amount of time until something else appears or we create something else. So another way of looking that could be, how can I bring love to this thing that I feel like I have to do? Because if we bring love to it, then either it will shift and it will no longer be something that we don't love or you know, whatever, it'll go away and we'll, it'll be something else. Absolutely. But so that's just sort of a little shift on that. If there are things that you feel like you absolutely cannot let go of, cause it's just too scary or it's too big, or you have a family to feed or whatever it is, right? Yeah. See if you can bring love instead of getting rid of that thing and finding something you love, see if you can come to love that thing. Maybe not all of it, maybe not every minute of it, yeah. but can you bring, can you shift and change your own way of seeing it and way of, showing up so that you're showing up with love. Okay. I'm going to love some aspect of this job or this let me thing. i find
1: I'm something. I want to share something yep. that's been super helpful to me that I learned from a spiritual teacher. He said, ask this question of yourself. What would this be like if I let it be easy?
2: Oh God. I love that.
1: What would this be like if I let it be easy? It's so and easy what to every forget to single it. time I've only had one experience and it is it became easy. And I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to love something that's easy than yeah. something that I'm resisting. Oh God, why do I have to do this? I hate this yeah. I should get. Blah, 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 blah. What would this be like if I let it be easy? Well, yeah. it would become easy and then I'm okay with it. And letting yeah. go of that resistance is like the beginning of total change in life. But let's shift our gears to our recovery in a nutshell, where we try to summarize some of the pieces of all that we've shared that we found most helpful. So, Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, I'm having trouble letting go, what can I do that will help me trust God so that I can create this life that I'm hearing about, that I can create, the life I want to live?
0: Well,
2: so this is a piece I didn't get to talk about, so I'm not summarizing, but I'm actually introducing a new idea our whole way of looking at the universe has to shift. We have to go from seeing the universe as this place that is that is enemy territory, that we've got to you know force it into being the way we want it to. We've got to shift that into coming to believe, not just in a higher power, but in a friendly universe, coming to believe that the universe wants our success because that's what we're here for, that, that what we call God spirit, that goodness, um, wants to express through us. And so the universe is not, you know, like Einstein says, there's two ways to live. You can either live as if the universe is a friendly place or as if it's not a friendly place. You and I both choose to live as if the universe is a friendly place. Yes. When you come from that, when you assume that the universe is a friendly place, that it wants to conspire with you and everyone else for your good then your whole orientation to life changes. So letting go becomes easier because you're letting go into a higher wisdom. You're letting go into this universe that you fully believe wants your goodness. That's a lot easier to let go into than just letting go into oh my god I'm just going to be free floating in the abyss you know
1: that's very disconcerting I have spent way too much time in that exact spot so yeah, yeah I'm and with you, you know that. I
2: personally 100 percent believe it to be true that the universe is a loving benign place that wants my good but even if you can't fully believe it yet start acting as if you believe it yes and your life will change Anyway, and then next thing you know, you will be believing it and it will be true for you.
1: Yeah, I had a teacher that that said to them, I still remember where I was sitting the first time I ever heard this, the universe conspires to support me. Yes, I thought what a radical and wonderful thought. And I would add to that don't quit before the miracle, yep. right? If you're hanging around the rooms of recovery, you're going to hear that a lot. Don't quit before the miracle. I might even ask before the next miracle. Yeah, because for you know for us drunks, the first miracle is the craving goes away. That's a miracle, but that's just the beginning. It gets better beginning. and better from there. Yeah, so I works. would say, um, you know, try things for yourself. Listen to others. Take up something. Give it a try. Set it down if it's not working for you, and um, begin with some kind of daily prayer practice. It can be very very simple. It could be a single breath. It could be a couple of minutes. Whatever it might be, integrate some kind of daily. Prayer practice that includes gratitude.
2: The other thing is, and just I'll wrap this up real quick. Is look, look for the good. Start looking around you and 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 trying to find the good because we get what we look for. And and when you change what you think you're going to get, what you get is going to change. So start looking for the good, and you will start to see good all around you. That's been I the truth that. for me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. Our affirmation today goes like this. I let go and let God, trusting that all is unfolding in divine order for my highest good.
1: And once again, I let go and let God, trusting that all is unfolding in divine order for my highest good. Deep breath. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery. At least we like to think of it that way, and we're grateful that you have. We hope that you found something in all of our blathering today that you find genuinely helpful, and we bless you wherever you are in your recovery journey.
2: And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And again, please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform.
1: I want to thank John P. again for sharing his experience, strength, and hope with us via email and invite any who are listening to this to do the same. We would love to hear what has worked for you. We're so grateful to all who joined us today and hope that you'll join us again.
2: Yes, we do. And until then, don't drink like my co-host.
1: And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host.
2: Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week.
0: Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.